WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, though smoky skies going to be back. High 77. Tonight overnight, partly cloudy, low 58. And then Thursday, partly cloudy, high 71. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 51 and hazy up in Valhalla in Westchester County. 55 and hazy in Metuchen in New Jersey. And it is 58 and hazy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sit in friends in the morning. Yesterday was primary day in New Jersey here too. And so at about seven o'clock, my oldest son, who is all excited about voting, said, Hey, let's go over and vote. So I have to say, I didn't know who everybody was on the ballot, but as we made our way over to the elementary school where I've voted for years in Jersey City, you have the people who are electioneering, is that what they call it? Electioneering outside the polls, uh, you know, handing you pamphlets. And as I walked in, one of the people who was running in a race in Jersey City uh, said, hey, I'm running for blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say who she is because I was not impressed at all. And she hands me her leaflet and she said, can I talk to you before you walk in? I said, sure. And she gave me her whole pitch. And as I walked away, I was like, wow, I'm not voting for her. I mean, she it had the opposite effect that she wanted it to have. So then when I went into the polling booth, I saw that she was running unopposed. So then I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to vote for her. So then I remember, oh, you can write in a candidate, and they have it very easy now. It's this touch screen. So I hit the touch screen, and I voted for Curtis Lewa, which I thought, you know, I couldn't vote for him in New York. Why not vote for him in New Jersey? So Curtis got a vote in Jersey City. He'll be excited to hear that. And each time I've gone to these polling places, it's the same place uh, that I go to, the McAuliffe School. Uh, in Jersey City, each time I go, it's a different voting booth. It's almost like they can't decide which is the best. So a long time it was those levers where you push the levers down and then you pull the handle across. I kind of like that. Then they went to the touch screen where you just sort of touch it and then you hit the bottom of the screen and it says cast my ballot. Yesterday was one that I hadn't seen before. Maybe you have this where you are. Where they hand you a piece of paper and you put it into the slot and then you have a touch screen next to you and then you touch all the votes. And I wrote in my candidates, uh, Curtis Lewa, and then it shows up on the piece of paper and then you, it tells you to verify the piece of paper and the screen. And then you hit it, piece of paper goes away, so does the screen. So anyway, I, I have, no matter who I vote for, by the way, in my district, they always lose. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've voted for a winning candidate in Jersey City in a long time, and including that woman who got me on the way in. I'm sure she, she's running on a pose, so she's going to win. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Those smoky skies will be back today. Governor Christie hit Trump hard as he jumps into the race for the White House. Mayor Adams says migrants can move in with him at Gracie Mansion. A dad takes on the Peak School School District in tears. And kids in schools here might not like what's on the cafeteria menu come this fall. All right, let's jump into it. 504, it was all about those smoky skies last night. If you were in most places across the tri-state, 
you around four or five o'clock in the afternoon, you said, wow, is someone burning something in my neighborhood? I know I had that response, walked out the door and I said, where is this coming from? It smelled like someone had a campfire. You smelled it all over the tri-state. It was from those fires, some of them down in southern New Jersey. But most of this was coming from Quebec. What is that? Hundreds of miles away. It's like an eight-hour drive. Uh, there are wildfires there. You can only imagine what it must be like there because the, the smell of smoke was really kind of thick in the air. I walked out over to the skyline uh, to check it out, the Manhattan skyline. You could not see it. It was like a cloudy day, but it was all smoke. So uh, I turned on the tube last night, uh, Googled it, uh, talked to people to figure out exactly what was going on. Lee Goldberg, uh, he's the weather guy at uh, Channel 7. You know, he seems like he's usually on top of it. Unfortunately, a plume of thick smoke likely to come in again afternoon into the evening hours. And we already have some of the smoke in place. So, again, the air quality alert is going to go right through the day tomorrow. Take frequent breaks. Make sure you're inside. You have respiratory issues. Don't want too much exposure. Yeah, so that's the same case today. So there'll be parts of the day where it won't be smoky, but this evening, like it was last night, it probably will be again. The air quality alert, in effect, five boroughs as the entire tri-state area deals with this. So there are people, of course, affected by this. If you got asthma or other breathing issues, coughing, chest is tight, asthma, I can a little bit. I feel sorry for all those people up there in Nova Scotia, though. But I've been coughing lately. And I keep saying I'm breathing something in, and it must be the smoke. Yeah, yeah, she's right. The fine particles in the air are the ones that are the most harmful. So to give you an idea of just how bad the air is out there, New York City, on average, sits at 35 micrograms of fine particles per cubic meter of air every day. I know that sounds kind of complicated, but this will make sense in a moment. That number skyrocketed to 140 to 160 around 6 a.m. yesterday. Then it went back down, and then it shot back up to 160 in the afternoon. Now, again, it's normally at 35. It was 160 in the afternoon. But by 6 p.m., that's when everybody was saying, what is going on in my neighborhood? It had climbed back up to 335, which is what causes a lot of the breathing problems. Like my chest is tight. I'm breathing. Well, once I go home, and use my, you know, inhaler. Yeah, so I guess we need to blame Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Uh, you know, it's all in Canada. He addresses some of the concerns, uh, well, Canadians have, because think if it's bad here, it must be real bad there. This is a scary time for a lot of people, not just in Alberta, but right across the country. And uh, over at Cornell Hospital, doctor there weighing in on what this does to your lungs, what this does for people who have breathing problems. The problem is the particles from the forest fires that uh, these particles you can't see they, they, uh, when they land on the airways, they can cause uh, some inflammation. They in, incite uh, a little twitchiness, and so it can interfere with respiration. It was the wrong day, by the way, to get on the circle line, go to the top of the Empire State Building. We just got back from circling Ellis Island um, and, you know, couldn't see the Statue of Liberty maybe as good as we could have. But, again, I'd rather be here than where they're dealing with it directly. Yeah, well, he's right about that. Uh, so today it'll be similar. We will watch it, of course, all day long. WABC News Time 509, just about 17 minutes ago, we got word from the Vatican that... Pope Francis went to the hospital this morning for surgery on his intestine two years 
after he had 13 inches of his colon removed because of the inflammation and narrowing of the large intestine. intestine. I'm sure he loves that we have all this information on him. But the Vatican says uh, Francis, who's 86, would be put under and would be hospitalized for several days. They say they don't think this is very serious. But uh, you remember he spent three days at Gemily Hospital in late March. Now he's going back in. He's actually in there as we speak and will be there for the coming day. So, of course, we wish him well. One of the bigger stories in the sports world yesterday was this sudden agreement announced between two professional golf entities. And it's upset and deeply offended a lot of the 9-11 families. The PGA Tour and the Live Golf announcing that they're putting aside their legal battles, going to form a partnership. A spokesperson says the deal would end all going litigation between the new uh, two organizations. Live emerged last year, if you don't follow golf, as a competitor to the PGA, and they lured away all these major golf stars. So it was a real competition between the two. News of the deal yesterday was, I think to many, just a shock. Now, Saudi Arabia is the one that bankrolled Live Golf. It continues to. So PGA is going to make a deal with essentially Saudi Arabia. So some of the 9-11 families... They had denounced the Live League when it started. Now they're denouncing the PGA for making a deal with them because of their role in the 9-11 attacks. So uh, there's lots of people who've been speaking out over the last 16, 18 hours. One of them, Brett Eagleson, whose father was in the South Tower on 9-11. He protested at the golf course uh, last year when Live started, just upset that this is all happening. What a horrible message this sends to America, to our youth, to the people who look up to these golfers, to the people who uh, look to the game of golf. It just goes to show you that the PGA is prioritizing money money over um, murder and morality. So um, I guess in this situation, money trumps morals and money trumps murder. And uh, I guess there is a certain dollar amount that uh, the PGA and Commissioner Monaghan are willing to accept in order to look the other way. You, you have to wonder, of course, finances is the biggest part of this, right? The, the live was doing well. Apparently, the PGA is aging. I mean, that's just uh, there are young golfers, but the viewers and the people showing up, it's not that you don't get a huge young crowd uh, going to these golf matches anymore. So maybe they had no choice but to, uh, you know, become part of live. But uh, awfully interesting. I mean, I don't know that anybody saw this coming. I didn't hear anybody talking about it the day or two before it happened. But there it was, the PGA live golf Combining resources will become one. We don't know what the name will be. I imagine we'll know in the coming days. 513, let's go up to New Hampshire. Chris Christie, officially in the running for the 2024 White House race. I can't guarantee you success in what I'm about to do. But I guarantee you that at the end of it, you will have no doubt in your mind who I am and what I stand for and whether I deserve it. The Republican announcing his candidacy during a town hall event in New Hampshire last night. That I can't guarantee you success in what I'm about to do. But I guarantee you that at the end of it, you will have no doubt in your mind who I am and what I stand for and whether I deserve it. So the... uh Interesting thing about Christie's entry into the race is he's going to be the anti-Trump guy. I mean, he said it last night. He said, I'm going to tell you everything bad I know about Donald Trump. And he says he saw it up close because he was in the White House. Beware of the leader in this country who you have handed leadership to, 
who has never made a mistake, who has never done anything wrong, who when something goes wrong, it's always someone else's fault, and who has never lost. I watched a little bit of this town hall last night, and it was amazing how many times he mentioned Donald Trump. So I imagine that'll be the case as long as he stays in the primary race. If you think for one minute when he says, I am your retribution, if you think he wants to be your retribution, forget it. He's going to be retribution for one person and one person only himself. And, uh, of course, lots of people reacting across the tri-state. He was the governor of New Jersey. People want you to know what they think of him. I wouldn't vote for him. I didn't like him when he was governor in New Jersey either. He flip-flops on everything. I think that's a good thing. I just feel it's a good thing to have more options for Republicans to choose from. Of course, the Republican first ran 2016 dropped out of the race to support Donald Trump. And now he hates Donald Trump. You know, he's just looking out for himself. Before he was friends with Trump, he's had some problems. He's had some victories. Yeah, so the former New Jersey governor will take part in a CNN town hall event next Monday. That'll be moderated by Anderson Cooper. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Well, happy Wednesday and good morning to you, Noam Al-Laden. We'll have more on that PGA Tour merger here in just about a minute or two. But we start here on the Diamond. Not a successful night for your local squads. The Mets and Yankees both suffering series opening losses. The Mets lost 6-4 to four to the first place Braves in Atlanta after jumping out to an early three-run lead in the third thanks to homers from Lindor and Alonzo only to squander the lead a couple of innings later when Atlanta pushed across four of their own. They'll see if they can rebound tonight in the middle game of the series. First pitch is scheduled for 7.20 p.m. with Max Scherzer set to take the hill against Charlie Morton in the Bronx. The Yankees got edged out by the Chicago White Sox lo- <coughs> excuse me, losing 3-2 to two after flirting with a ninth-inning rally. That came up short. The Yanks uh, just could not figure out Chicago starter Lucas Giolito shot six brilliant hitless innings for the White Sox. The loss comes twofold for the Bombers as well as they've officially decided to place Aaron Judge on the 10-day IL with a toe injury sustained over the weekend during that collision with the right field wall in Los Angeles. New York's pitching depth also is getting tested with Nestor Cortez being placed on the injured list as well due to a left shoulder injury. He's expected to miss at least two starts. Despite that less than ideal news there, the Yanks will have to carry on starting with the middle game against Chicago Tonight set for 7.05 p.m. First pitch at the stadium. The Yanks have yet to name a starter to go up against Chicago's Lance Lynn. And also tonight, game three of the NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat set to tip off at 8.30 p.m. in Miami. The series currently tied at one game apiece. And that immediate fallout uh, already from the sudden PGA Tour Live Golf and European Tour merger announced yesterday. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan was called a hypocrite in a heated meeting with players at Oakdale Golf and uh, Country Club in Toronto yesterday. The site of this week's RBC Canadian Open reporters were told there was plenty of anger in the room and apparently many moments where certain players were calling for new leadership of the PGA Tour followed by standing ovations in support of Monaghan's removal. Monaghan had uh, this to say about uh, the meeting. He understood the players being frustrated uh, about being blindsided by the news. I accept those criticisms, but circumstances do change and I think that you know, in looking at the big picture and looking, he's looking at looking at it this way. That's that's what that's what got us to this point. Tensions running high in the golf. Yeah, world. this tells no, me I, I don't know a lot about golf, but it screams that the PGA must be in financial trouble. No? Yeah, and it's getting old, like you said. You know, it's outdated. And uh, Live Golf and the European Tour are starting to implement a little bit of a newer age version of the great game. And uh, Jay Monahan gave in, gave into that big bag of cash as well. 
Um, be awfully interesting. What are they going to name them? Do we know? No, we don't know yet. Hmm. If I knew, I would have said it in oh, the I report. Guess, I guess you would have. That would, yeah. that would have made sense. That would have yeah. probably been like the, the top detail. <laughs> right, it would have been. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I'll, I'll you, let you know when I find out. What would you call out. them? What would I, what would, I don't know. Oh, okay. know Three-head snake. Think about that. Yeah. Come know. up with the name for yeah. the next okay. sports Okay. okay. Now, that'll be my homework. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Yeah, that's what I need. More homework. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to D.C. President Biden holding his first cabinet meeting since declaring his candidacy for re-election. Could have been the week that uh, catastrophic fall happened, putting millions of people's jobs in jeopardy. But uh, instead, we prevented the default and uh, our historic recovery continues. Just before the meeting, Biden telling reporters the group's going to discuss implementing the laws his administration has passed through Congress and continuing to, he says, invest in America. Invest in America is more than just a slogan. We're investing in the American people, in our infrastructure, our manufacturing. We're investing in jobs in every, almost every community across the country. We're focused on securing our border, combating climate crisis, and protecting the fundamental rights of Americans. And over in Congress, the Republican-led House will vote on legislation this week related to the banning of gas stoves. House Republicans are once again bringing to the floor the RAINS Act to prevent the executive branch's extreme overreach in the federal rulemaking process. That's House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik accusing the Biden administration of waging war on American energy uh, through burdensome regulation. Joe Biden and his administration have been waging war on American energy. Now they are targeting gas stoves. Yes, so these bills would prohibit regulators from banning the stoves in the future or setting new energy conservation and health standards for new models. The White House says the explosions that destroyed a dam in Russian-controlled southern Ukraine triggered massive flooding and some evacuations. We've seen the reports that Russia was responsible for the explosion at the dam, which I would remind Russian forces took over illegally last year and have been occupying since then. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby there says the administration closely monitoring the impacts of the damage from that dam. We've been closely monitoring the impacts of that destruction, which has triggered massive flooding in Ukraine and resulted in the evacuation of, at the very least, thousands. We're doing the best we can to assess those reports, and we are working with the Ukrainians to gather more information. But we cannot say conclusively what happened at this point. 522, it's been another day of social action about pension reform in France today. Yesterday, too, those protests are back. We have seen difference of opinions among the unions uh, on Tuesday, with some saying uh, that they believe this is coming to a a conclusion, the protest movement, uh, but others saying they're not ready to turn the page, they're not ready uh, to lie down, and the fight will go on. All eyes now turn to uh, parliaments on June the 8th, when MPs will debate an opposition bill to try to repeal the pensions legislation. Ross Cullen, Paris. It's all about lowering the age of retirement in France. And while we're talking internationally, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is expected to now visit China, maybe even next week. It comes as the U.S. and China have been working to reset relations after a tense year between the two countries. Blinken was originally set to visit the country in February, but the trip was postponed after a Chinese spy balloon was found floating above the U.S. It's also after American and Chinese officials reportedly had productive talks in Beijing yesterday. I'm Lisa Taylor. All right, let's bring it back home down to Florida where the final phase of jury selection underway 
and head of the trial of the former school resource officer who was on duty during the 2018 Parkland, Florida school shooting, did not do his job on that day. Judge Martin Fine speaking to what are now the remaining 43 prospective jurors before sending them to lunch. They're trying to get this so these jurors will stay on. He's excused just about everybody for any kind of excuse. My kids are at home. I've got a job. Uh, now they've narrowed it down to these 43. I'm going to have you all outside in case we need to bring some people back in individually if there's some additional questions that come up. Uh, but it would be my anticipation to get a jury picked uh, in the afternoon today. It's been kind of interesting to watch this whole process. The uh, You can imagine in Florida, this is just a huge story, huge story nationally, too. The panel will consist of six jurors and four alternates when all said is done. If for some reason, for Scott Peterson... We lower the burden of proof, which I'll talk about in a moment, or we can't presume or believe that he's innocent for some reason, then the entire system is not sacred anymore, and it's not there for any of us. You understand that? I understand. Yeah, so jurors listening intently yesterday. 525. We still don't know why that Cessna plane went down and crashed in the mountainous remote area of the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia Sunday afternoon, killing all four on board. They were from Long Island. Investigators dealing with really difficult terrain as they try to attempt to recover pieces of this private jet. Um, the NTSB lead investigator on this case, Adam Gerhardt, says the wreckage is fragmented and it's in this mountainous area and they just got to sort of walk around and find these pieces, put it back together. We will be getting every piece that we can off the mountain and to a recovery facility, which is a much more appropriate place to um, to thoroughly investigate and analyze components. So they be- try to figure out if the cabin lost pressure and it caused everyone aboard to lose consciousness, which is what happened you might remember, in the 1999 plane crash that killed pro golfer Payne Stewart. So in this case, the plane took off from Tennessee and crashed in Virginia. But there are some bizarre differences from the Payne Stewart story. In this case, this plane was on autopilot. It had made it all the way from Tennessee to MacArthur, right around MacArthur Airport on Long Island, where it was expected to land. And then for some reason, we just don't know yet, it turned around, went back into the restricted airspace over Washington, D.C. And if you haven't followed this story, they put six F-16s into the air when it went into that restricted space to see what was going on. And then when they did, these pilots got close enough to see that the pilot of the Cessna was slumped over the controls. So they don't know exactly what took place. Uh, I mean, the plane continued to sail on, and that's when it crashed into the mountains in Shenandoah Valley. It's already a challenging process, and it makes it that much more challenging for us. But um, we'll be here as long as it takes. Yeah, so we might not have a final thought on this, or, you know, for a while, maybe maybe never. uh, But they're going to try to put it all together. Pilot qualifications, maintenance records, basically everything is on the table until we slowly and methodically remove pieces from uh, from the accident site, from records of whether or not it could have been causal 
to this accident. Of course, the most tragic part of this story, a two-year-old, her mother, a nanny, and the pilot all died in that crash. We are just getting started on this Wednesday morning. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. Mayor Adams yesterday says uh, we told you about how he wanted to ask regular New Yorkers to rent rooms to migrants and the city would pay them. Well, now the mayor says some migrant families can move in with him at Gracie Mansion. A dad loses his child to suicide in Peekskill, takes on the Peekskill school board, who he says is at fault for his son's death. We'll get to that story before the morning is out. And kids in school cafeterias across the city might be really disappointed to see what's on the menu come this fall. That and more coming up. But first, this at five. They were killed. We would like to honor them and giving them a type of justice, which would mean some of these charges being... Um, Held. Yeah, so we'll see if, uh, if the prosecutor goes for that. 5.43, um, up to the Bronx, where a seven-year-old girl was stabbed by her grandmother a dozen times. This was about four months ago. Now her son, who is the girl's father, is speaking out. Sophia Almonte is seven years old. She used to sing and dance. Uh, has not made a sound since she was stabbed by her own grandmother 15 times. She loved to play piano. She loved to be around people. She's the more loving, carry grateful little girl. So there is some good news in her recovery. She's now been moved from critical care to a hospital in New Jersey that will help her with rehabilitation. So, of course, we wish her well. But they were asking this uh, guy, Jose Almonte, what he thinks about his mother, who carried out the crime. And he says he's visited her at Rikers, but he has not asked her why she did it. My mother is not a criminal. Something happened that day. is devil, something, I don't know. Yeah, he says it's just too incredibly painful to bring up that subject. And he says he still loves his mother and, of course, his daughter. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Alladin. Not a successful night on the diamond last night. Both the Mets and Yankees suffering a series opening losses. The Mets lost 6-4 to four to the first-place Braves in Atlanta after jumping out to an early three-run lead in the third, thanks to homers from Lindor and Alonzo, only to squander the lead a couple of innings later when Atlanta pushed across for their own. They'll see if they can rebound tonight in the middle game of the series. First pitch is scheduled for 7.20 p.m. with Max Scherzer set to take the hill against Charlie Morton in the Bronx. The Yankees got edged out by the Chicago White Sox, losing 3-2 after flirting with a ninth-inning rally that came up short. The Yankees just could not figure out Chicago starter Lucas Giolito, who shoved six brilliant hitless innings for the White Sox. The loss comes twofold for the Bombers here as they've officially decided to place Aaron Judge on the 10-day IL with a toe injury. Sustained over the weekend uh, during that collision with the right field wall in Los Angeles. A collision that he won, might I add. New York's pitching depth also getting tested here with Nestor Cortez being placed on the injured list as well due to a left shoulder injury. He's expected to miss at least two starts. Despite that less than ideal news, the Yanks will have to carry on here, starting with the middle game against Chicago tonight, set for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch at the stadium. The Yankees have yet to name a starter to go up against Chicago's Lance Lynn. Also tonight, Game 3 of the NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat, set to tip off at 8.30 p.m. in Miami. Series currently knotted at one game apiece, and immediate fallout already from the sudden PGA Tour, LIV, and European 
Canadian Tour merger announced yesterday. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan was called a hypocrite in a heated meeting with players at Oakdale Golf and Country Club in Toronto yesterday, the site of this week's RBC Canadian Open. Reporters were told there was plenty of anger in that room and apparently many moments where certain players were calling for new leadership of the tour, followed by standing ovations in support of Monaghan's removal. Monaghan said he understood players being frustrated about being blindsided by the news. Here's what he had to say. I accept those criticisms, but circumstances do change, and I think that, you know, in looking at the big picture and looking... He's looking at looking at it this way. That's that's what that's what got us to this point. That's Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner. Nine Eleven families as well known with a lot to say what on the a matter. Disgrace. Absolute disgrace. And we have yet to hear what they're going to call the new tour, the new I, professional golf. I don't I, know. I wonder. You know, some of these golfers are wealthy enough; they could start a third league if they wanted. Well, to. Well, and I'm, yeah, I'm. I, if I'm, if I'm one of the guys who didn't take up on the. Uh, well said. Yeah, thanks. If I'm one of the guys who didn't take up on the offer to take billions of dollars from the uh, from the Saudis, I'm kind of pissed. Yeah, you get paid for a year, and then you just get to come on right back. Right, makes it makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. But yep. so they're going to call it Live PGA, PGA Live. I highly doubt first? it. I highly doubt it. They're going to come up with a new name. They're not coming up with your name. I'll tell you that much. I no. bet you it's my name. I'll put money. That's the name. It's yeah, be PGA Live. We'll call it the Noam Golf Tour. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. No. All right, let's catch you up on the big headlines of the morning, and the big story everybody's talking about is these hazy, smoky skies from these wild no, fires. It is. No. There's no bigger story right now. There's not? No. What, what's bigger than that? Do you know who won Everybody's the New York Broadcast Association Morning <laughs> Show of the Year? Well, let me think about that. Um, One guess. Uh, Len and Michael in the morning? Correct. You're right again. <laughs> no, we did, and that is the biggest story of the day. Okay, I give you that. So this is the second biggest story. It's a close second. All right, I'll give you that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know what the second biggest story of the day is? I also won a state broadcasting award. I did see that. Yes, for my election coverage. Yes, which was outstanding. Thank you, you very much. Rita Cosby. Oh, yeah, they were there, too. I forgot. Yeah, there's other people who won with you. So yeah, that was Rita Cosby. No, it was it. great. It was Rita and Dominic. Yeah, they did a great job as well. Yeah. yeah. So we'll go to lunch together. Oh. You know, you're actually, you can boast this because you're a big deal on this show and right. you won the election coverage nonsense. That's right. You actually have two awards. Look at that. You play a role in two major awards. Good thing I have two hands. <laughs> well, congratulations, Noam. Oh, right back at you, my friend. Thank you. So this uh, National Weather Service issuing an air quality alert uh, in uh, was yesterday. I mean, no doubt you saw this if you were listening to me across the tri-state. The skies were orange. It was smoky. It felt like someone had a campfire outside your home. And then you walked around. You're like, no, no, no. This is the whole neighborhood. Um, it may feel a little bit like that again today. Coffin. Chest is tight, eyes black, and a little bad. I feel sorry for all those people up there in Nova Scotia, though. I've been coughing lately, and it's, I keep saying I'm breathing something in, and it must be the smoke. Yeah. So the uh, fine particles in the air among the most harmful, and let me give you a sense of how bad the air was yesterday. Uh, New York City, on average, sits at 35 micrograms of fine particles per cubic meter of air every day. That's the normal. It skyrocketed from 35 to 140 to 160 around 6 a.m. yesterday. Then it went back to 160 in the afternoon. But last night when it was really bad and you were like, what the heck is going on? It had climbed to 335 particles. Like my chest is tight. I'm breathing. Once I go home, my, you know, inhaler. 
Now, this is all coming from the wildfires in Quebec, which is just hundreds of miles away. Uh, in Boston, it was the same thing yesterday. You could not see the skyline. Here in Manhattan, the same thing. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who's amid all this, says it's really bad there. This is a scary time for a lot of people, not just in Alberta, but right across the country. Of course, you have doctors warning you about what this means for people who have breathing issues, asthma, this doctor from Cornell Hospital. The problem is the particles from the forest fires that uh, these particles you can't see, they, they, uh, when they land on the airways, they can cause uh, some inflammation, they incite a little twitchiness. And so it can interfere with respiration. Yeah, you may have seen there's a fair amount of people masking up yesterday now that we're kind of used to doing that thing. Uh, tourists, uh, this person was on the um, circle line, which was probably not a great day to be on the circle line. We just got back from circling Ellis Island um, and, you know, couldn't see the Statue of Liberty maybe as good as we could have. But... Again, I'd rather be here than where they're dealing with it directly. Oh, that's true. So we'll see a little bit of that again today. I'm actually looking outside our windows right now, and I can see it's a hazy start again to this uh, Wednesday. Uh, another big story that came out about 17 minutes before we came on the air at 5 o'clock this morning. Pope Francis, Vatican tells us, went to the hospital this morning for surgery on his intestine two years after he had 13 inches of his colon removed because of an inflammation and the narrowing of his large intestine, uh, more than we may need to know. But the uh, 86-year-old Pope uh, put under, that's part of the reason they're telling us he'll be hospitalized for uh, several days. Of course, we'll follow that story as the morning wears on. And then last night, Chris Christie officially throwing his hat into the 2024 race for the White House. I can't guarantee you success in what I'm about to do, but I guarantee you, that at the end of it, you will have no doubt in your mind who I am and what I stand for and whether I deserve it. And what he made very clear during this town hall in New Hampshire yesterday is he's going to be the anti-Trump candidate. Beware of the leader in this country who you have handed leadership to, who has never made a mistake, who has never done anything wrong, who when something goes wrong, it's always someone else's fault, and who has never lost. Well, for sure, he'll make the uh, debates feisty. So wait, <laughs> that, so has Chris Christie admitted that he screwed up the George Washington Bridge? Uh, he has not. Did but, Fatso admit that when he shut the beaches, he's not been sitting there with his family? Uh, he has not, no. So one is Chris Christie admitted he's done something wrong. Uh, well, that's a great Maybe the question. fat bastard should shut up. Well, you know what? Let's bring him on. You can ask him those questions. Well, I'm trying to between Anthony Scaramucci and all of his good friends, but you know what he is? A big, fat pussy. Well, you know what? That's going to help in you securing the interview. I don't care. Let him hate me. Get online. By the way, you're not the only one reacting. Uh, people here in the tri-state who know Christie well, this is what they had to say. I wouldn't vote for him. I didn't like him when he was governor in New Jersey either. He flip-flops on everything. I think that's a good thing. I just feel it's a good thing to have more options for Republicans to choose from. You know, he's just looking out for himself. Before, he was friends with Trump. He's had some problems. He's had some victories. Yeah, so, of course, uh, maybe we'll get Chris Christie here on the air with Sid. I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, WABC News Time is 555. New Jersey one step closer to merging two colleges. The Assembly Higher Education Committee advancing a bill that allow Bloomfield College to uh, merge with Montclair State University now. Bloomfield College is the only four-year predominantly black institution, Hispanic-serving institution, minority-serving institution in the state of New Jersey. There is no way... We could have failed this demographic. 
It would be the first merger of a public and a private university in New Jersey's history. This is more than just about a single institution. This is about building a new model where collaboration between institutions is emphasized. And finally, it's all about getting the perfect video for your TikTok stream, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, your Facebook. Uh, Police arresting a man now who jumped into the alligator habitat at Bush Gardens and began making a video. Okay. Another wild Karen! Crikey! (laughs) We are getting bombarded and surrounded here, guys! (laughs) He's alive, which is amazing. Another wild Karen! Crikey! We are getting bombarded and surrounded here, guys! I have to say, I kind of want to see the video. Detectives say 20-year-old Jacob Percival and his friends hopped the fence to get into the park, then entered the alligator enclosure. He's charged with burglary of theft of services and trespass, but the amazing thing is that he still has his life, that the alligators did not feed on him. That would have been a video... We might have all wanted to watch. We're out here on this uh, Wednesday morning. We'll do it all over again tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Yeah, don't go anywhere now, though. Sid and Friends in the morning, they are up next. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.